Thanks, Ed. I'm Paul Johnson. I uh, get to have the privilege of serving on staff here at Lakewood and oversee how we do community together and what that looks like. And uh, as you can imagine, that's an impossible task uh, because even trying to figure out what's going on on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night or throughout the week in the building here uh, can't even fathom what goes on amongst all of us, uh, how we do life together in the community. And so uh, the good news about that is, though, is that we have a big God who is not only able to know all that and keep track of all that, but he is able to help direct us in that, too, as we allow his Holy Spirit to lead us. One of the things about my role, too, is I get to come up and do announcements on Sunday mornings and uh, remind you of different things. And so over the years, I've been reminding you that you are all saints. We are saints. That's the way God sees us. I get to remind you of things like we are all equal parts of the body, and we have one head, and that's Jesus Christ. And I get to remind you of things like we are all ministers. There aren't just a few ministers. We are all ministers of the gospel. And sometimes I get to remind you of things like, ah, there's seeds in the grapes. Watch out this week. Um, but I think we were okay this week, so, so we're good there. Uh, today I get the privilege of preaching, and I want to talk about what it means to be a disciple and what it means to make disciples Seven years ago, when I came on staff, the elders were putting the finishing touches on a mission statement uh, that is in your note sheet. So if you want to pull out that white note sheet, the mission statement is listed there, and I'm going to read it. It says, We exist to be transformed together by the gospel of Christ, to live out the great commandment, to fulfill the great commission, all for the glory of God. Now, a couple years ago, we realized that that's kind of a mouthful, Uh, We're trying to pack a lot into one statement. And so how can we make that simpler so that even the pastors can memorize it? And uh, uh, one of the... So so we came up with what was in your... What's in your hot sheet every week. It was in the bulletin before it was the hot sheet. Uh, It's reproducing faithful followers of Christ. Five words. Should be easy to memorize. Uh, but again, if that's hard, if the five words are still, still too hard, I'd like to suggest that make disciples simply sums up reproducing faithful followers of Christ. And to, to reproduce a faithful follower, you need to be a faithful follower of Jesus. You need uh, to be a disciple in order to make a disciple. And so what does that look like? What does it look like to be a disciple? Uh, There are people in the New Testament who are described as having disciples. Jesus is the one that that comes to mind uh, first and foremost, and that's who we're going to focus on today. Uh, But other people had disciples too. The Pharisees had disciples. And uh, the Pharisees described themselves as disciples of Moses. And uh, um, all believers in, in, in the book of Acts were described as disciples. And, and, and then in the book of Acts also, false teachers were described as uh, having disciples. John the Baptist uh, had disciples. And many of those disciples left John to follow Jesus because John was pointing to Jesus. And two of uh, those notable disciples would be the uh, uh, Apostle John and Andrew. 
And so uh, a lot of people had disciples in the New Testament. And then a funny thing happens. Uh, in, after Acts 21, the word disciple really isn't used in the New Testament anymore. And one author I was reading was suggesting that was because a disciple was a uniquely Jewish kind of thing. And, and as these writers were writing to like the people in Corinth or the people in Galatia, um, they didn't have a context for that Jewish culture because they were a Roman culture, Greek, Gentile culture. And so those authors used different words like believer and soldier and servant for followers of Jesus. In your uh, note sheet, too, is listed a dictionary definition of what a disciple is. A disciple is a pupil, a learner, or an apprentice, an adherent, an obeyer, I like that word, obeyer, or a professed follower. And when we're talking Christians, they're followers of Jesus Christ. Now, in the, in the Jewish culture, a disciple would be following a rabbi. And uh, a rabbi was kind of like a pastor or maybe a college professor might, might be today. And the, and the rabbis had apprentices and they had interns. And, and these apprentices, interns, disciples would hang on every word that the, that the rabbis were saying. They would watch their way of life. They would imitate the way they lived. Um, uh, and they would follow them. And they would obey what the, what the rabbi was asking them to do. Some of them even served as servants to them. They'd take care of their basic needs, go out and get them food, make them meals. In the Gospels, in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, we think of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And these were men that Jesus chose. But there were also people that volunteered to be Jesus' disciples who he rejected, which is a kind of a hard thing to think about. There were large crowds that followed Jesus, and especially when his teaching was good and he was healing and feeding them. But then sometimes when, when t- Jesus would teach some hard things, those followers would fall away. Luke chapter 14 uh, describes some hard things te- uh, Jesus is teaching about what it means to be his disciples. And I want to read that for you. It says, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And in verse 28 he says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? I think... In this passage, Jesus is challenging uh, his audience and and us, too. As as followers of him, as disciples, to consider the cost. Where are our priorities? Um, Jesus wants to be number one. What's most important to you? Is your family more important than Jesus? Is your job? Um, Is the things you like to do? Is your, very, is your own life more important to you than Jesus? Are you willing to bear the persecution that comes with following Christ? So, so we need to consider the cost. Because if, 
If you, if I proclaim to be a follower of Jesus, that makes him a leader. And he wants to be number one in that position. So uh, I got a couple exercises for you today, and they're in your note sheet. The first is this. Uh, If you look in your note sheet, I've listed eight different things that can be priorities in our lives. Uh, I'm just going to go through that list and explain them. So the church, what I mean by that is not the building, not the activities, uh, but the people. Uh, We are the church. Um, Family, your relatives, your kids, God can be a priority. Leisure uh, is often a priority for people. Um, And that can mean rest. That can mean uh, fun activities that you have in, hobbies, sports, TV. Uh, Ministry is another one. Building up God's people. How has God placed you? Is that a priority in your life to build up his body? Uh, Service, just different things we do to help the community, help the world. Uh, Your spouse should be a priority if you have one. Uh, And if you don't have one, it can be a priority too for for a lot of people. Uh, And then lastly, work, uh, your career, your profession. We spend a lot of time in a lot of different things, and those tend to be where our priorities are. Now, I listed these alphabetically. Uh, because I didn't want to influence your decision. But what I'd like to challenge you to do is in that note sheet, just list, number them out one through eight. What's most important in that group and what's least important? Not that it's not important, but just in that grouping, least important. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds right now to, to just do that. If you've got a pen or pencil, great. If you don't, just think about it in your head. Now this week, or later today, if you're feeling really bold, I challenge you to give that list to someone who knows you really, really well and let them fill it out for you and let them uh, uh, discern where they see you as having your priorities set. Uh, Again, that's only if you're feeling bold. You can't fault them for their answers. Um, The book of John also says a lot about what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, and it's not all agony. It's not all uh, uh, trouble. Uh, chapter 8 in the book of John says that uh, Jesus says his disciples will have the light of life and that they'll abide in his word. And then in chapter 10, it says that we as disciples will hear his voice. Chapter 13 says that uh, Jesus' disciples truly love each other. And chapter 15 says we'll bear much fruit. Sure, there's a cost to being a disciple, but the benefits, I would say, far outweigh that cost. So how do we become a disciple? How is a disciple made? I think it starts out simply by being exposed to Jesus. Um, uh, We need to know who who is he? What difference does he make? Um, I think a lot of people just start out curious. For me, I, I grew up in the church. I was always told about Jesus uh, from growing up. But a, lo- a lot of other people coming to Jesus as an adult, they just were wondering, what, what, who is this guy? What is it all about? But whether you were taught from a, a, a baby on up or, or came to Christ later in life, there comes a point where we just need to 
acknowledge that our sin is keeping us away from God and that Jesus paid the price and he's the answer for that. And we just need to accept that payment that he has to get us right with God. And then we need to turn from our self-serving ways, uh, the ways we put our, our self first, and, and turn to make Jesus first. We need to surrender to, to following Jesus Christ and him alone. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And when you do that, that's just the beginning, really. Uh, or, or it's in the beginning of being a disciple. Uh, because being a disciple is a lifelong process. When I was 11 years old, I surrendered my life to Christ. But it's, really, it's been the 38 years since that I've learned uh, how to become a better disciple. And maybe I'll have 38 more years where I'm keep, keeping plugging away at that. I want to show a video right now of another disciple uh, who was learning uh, to follow Jesus better. I had a grandma seizure. Um, and even that, um, I was, Lord was taking care of me because my dad and I had gone elk hunting in um, Wyoming. We left a day early. Um, and that, when we got back that first night is when I had my first grand mal seizure. So that instead of being someplace in Wyoming, in the mountains, hunting someplace, who knows if my dad would have been with me or not. Um, I was at home with my wife. And so they were able to, she was able to get help for me immediately. It's hard. But when you're basically told you have a brain tumor, you have cancer, you know. Um, and the doctor says, you're looking at 10 years. I was depressed, severely depressed. Um, I was, why me God at the time? Of all of the people who, who've known what chemo does to you, um, it's not a very fun thing. Bad things happen because we live in the fallen world. It's not because God punishes people because of their their lack of faith. God uses everything that for good or bad for good. They may not see it now and they might not ever see it. Without the Lord I would never have made it this far. I accepted that God had a plan for something and I could pout and mope about it or I could change and be, live my life 
with Christ's strength and be happy. The last treatment I had, um, they did an MRI two weeks after. And um, that was when we found that um, the tumor had grown into the, the right, ventricle. right ventricle. So that's the, basically, if they would have gone out to, re, and they've removed quite a bit of my brain, um, amazingly, I was able to walk and talk. And, well, they said, what was it, three months? But I'm not afraid. I was never afraid, angry, upset, yes. Um, some days, I'm, I'm sad, because my, not because I'm dying, but because my family is gonna be sad. And I'm okay. Like I said, it's been coming a long time. I had three years of, why me? God, why me? And he was able to say, I love you. I will be with you all the way. It's been a long walk and Sometimes it's been hard, and sometimes, I'm, and now I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know that my family is ready, but but I am. I'm okay with it, and I know that I'm gonna go to heaven with my father. Matthew 28 is a great commission. It tells us to make disciples. That's a process. And Pete was in that process right up until his very last days. And the rest of us will be too. Discipleship. Discipleship is the word we use for that process. And grammatically, anytime you take a ship and add that to an end of a word... It implies either the state of being or the work of something. And so other biblical words, leadership is the state of being a leader. Uh, The state of being a king is kingship. Uh, Stewardship, the work of a steward. Craftsmanship, the work of a craftsman. And friendship is the state of being a friend. Now neither discipleship nor membership are words that are used in the Bible, but we can imply their meanings uh, from their roots. And so discipleship is simply the state of being or the work of being a disciple, someone who's following Jesus Christ. And I don't think we need to look at discipleship as a program necessarily. Sometimes it's done formally uh, in, a, in a formal setting, like in a class, and, and that's a good thing. But more often, it's done in, informally in relationships that we have. And it's great when we can be doing that intentionally because this is what we should be doing. This is our mission, to point people towards God and help them to follow Jesus. So uh, there's some common practices that help us to become disciples, and we can 
engage in those on our own, or, or, or we can, and we can also help people uh, engage in them as well. And I've listed those in your note sheet. Uh, they help, they're things that help us conform to the likeness of Christ. And so I just want to uh, read through those. One is reading Scripture, hearing Scripture, and obeying Scripture. I think that's an important piece. Praying, simply talking to your Creator and learning to hear His voice over all the other voices that are out there. Being baptized and taking communion are important things in the life of a, of a believer. They help nourish our soul and help us come closer to Christ. When we get opportunity to testify to what God's doing in our life and how good he is, uh, that helps us to follow him. And when we hear other people's testimonies, that helps us. I, I hope that something out of Pete's testimony, that just maybe just one little thing, touches you. And it, it's something that you can have uh, and take with you this week. Uh, and I love that even from the grave, Pete is still making disciples through his testimony. Accepting grace and accepting mercy from God uh, is something that helps us to our affections turn towards Christ. And then giving those out to other people helps us to die to ourselves. Loving other people uh, allowing and allowing the Spirit to transform you when your unlovingness is exposed. Um, letting, uh, conforming more to the likeness of Christ that way. Dying to our pride daily. Uh, I don't know about you, but I struggle with pride, and I think I'm better than, uh, than well, I'm not going to say who, but uh, 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 <laughs> he called me out. So, uh, yeah, John, it's you. That's what I think. So, um, Worshiping together, uh, uh, coming together and corporately worshiping, and then individually worshiping. I don't know how many of you blast the radio in your car, but that's a great way to become a disciple of Jesus. If it's music that's pointing to Jesus, I just might want to add that. Um, uh, and then imitating, uh, imitating other believers whom you respect. It's kind of what mentoring is all about. If you can uh, find somebody to mentor you, to imitate uh, uh, Christ in them. So I'm going to read these verses. This will explain it. Hebrews 13:7 says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then Paul says to the Corinthians, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. I'm going to throw out some names of men that I have imitated over the years. Uh, And I'm going to start kind of towards the beginning of my life and work up to present. So, One is Russ Miller. None of you know him. Uh, He's dead now. He was a youth volunteer when I was growing up. And Russ loved me, and I knew he loved me, and he told me about Jesus. But there is something about Russ, too, that he had joy in his life, even though he had great personal tragedy that surrounded his life. And that pointed me to Jesus. And and I can't sing the song uh, this day, It Is Well With My Soul, without thinking of Russ and the testimony that he gave. Greg Boyd was a professor of mine at Bethel who taught me that theology isn't just some dry, ancient, boring subject, but theology is is vibrant. It's a study of God. Uh, What could be more exciting? He also really 
loved people and he loved God and that was infectious, his love for people and for God. Um, then I started working with Timber Bay and uh, uh, my co-workers, my supervisors, a couple here right now, Mark Ritchie, John Ring, are guys that showed me what it look like to minister to people as individuals, to see people as individuals, not just a crowd. And that stuck with me uh, ever since. Uh, Larry Willman was a, is still the pastor of Payne Avenue Evangelical Free Church. Pain Free is what the church was. It's a great name, isn't it? It's just a wonderful name. Uh, anyway, Larry... Um, uh, Larry really modeled what it meant to be a shepherd of people. He was just a humble, uh, is a humble shepherd of people. And he was the one who first asked me to be an elder. And on that elder board, we wrestled through things like trying to restore a missionary who had committed adultery out in the field and working with a youth pastor who was going off on a weird theology and um, just generally seeking God's direction as leadership of a church. What does that look like? Uh, I imitated Larry in those things. Uh, Lowell Seashore was a supervisor of mine who taught me that God's design for sexuality was really good. It's not just a liability. But there's a spiritual battle that's going around that. And he taught me and mentored me through how to fight that spiritual battle. Henry Williams was a pastor uh, of Five Oaks Free Church in Woodbury. And Henry uh, was the one who first allowed me to preach uh, in, from, from the pulpit and uh, from the stage, the platform up here. Henry is the one who actually, after my first sermon, said, you got to sit down when you preach because when you're standing, you just make us all nervous. <laughs> and so that's why, I'm, that's why I'm sitting down today because if I was just up here pacing, I can't do it as relaxed as Brian can. It's just, uh, he says, you got crazy legs. Um, uh, and then uh, Dan Worthman, seven years ago, took a chance and hired a guy who wasn't a pastor and tried to teach him uh, and, and, and did model for me what being a pastor is all about. Um, and that's Evan's dad who was up here uh, giving the announcements. But one thing I want to emphasize is I, I'm not a disciple of any of those men. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I was imitating Christ in them. Jesus didn't call us to make disciples for ourselves. He calls us to make disciples for him. And I think we're warned that when we start following men too closely, uh, that can cause divisions in us as a body. So I'm a disciple of Jesus. And all those men that I talked about helped me to be a better disciple of Jesus. But I want to add that it, it doesn't end there. Um, probably the person who helps me to be the best follower of Jesus that I can uh, is my wife, Katie. She uh, challenges me in a way that uh, no one else can or should probably. Uh, uh, but she, she does a great job at that. And she allows me to challenge her too. And together we acknowledge that Jesus is number one in each of our lives and that our relationship uh, comes after that. I have a couple of good friends, Jay and Brian, who know the bad and the ugly about me as well. And they love me still, and they point me to Jesus. I, uh, I miss Leroy Van Vickel. He knew how to make people into better disciples of Jesus. 
the guys I study theology with on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, they sharpen my iron. I've got a lot of, uh, a lot of rough burrs in my iron, and they, we, we're iron sharpening iron together. But they point me to Jesus, and I, I appreciate them. Uh, the Lakewood staff, uh, they know my weaknesses. They know my blind spots, uh, and they bear with me, uh, and, and they point me to Jesus, sometimes boldly and sometimes uh, gently. My sons, uh, help, they, they, they help point me to Jesus, and they help me see where I need to still go. Because I don't know about you, the parents out there, uh, our kids expose these parts that are unchristlike in us, don't they? Uh, but that's God's design for us to be sanctified and for to be in discipleship. And that's a good thing. God wants us to explore that and grow with him. There's music I listen to. When I sing up here, when we sing worship songs, they're pointing us to Christ. Uh, I like artists, old school newsboys and Switchfoot and uh, Rich Mullins. Uh, they just have a place in my heart for pointing me to Jesus. I like reading books. Uh, so authors I read, uh, Paul Tripp and Larry Osborne and Frank Viola, um, they are pointing me to Jesus. I'm not their disciples, but they're helping me to be a disciple. Each week, I don't know how many of you know him, Randy Lind, each week uh, on Sunday morning, walks across the foyer to find me, to shake my hand and say hello um, uh, and he models to me what genuine love and fellowship is in the body, and I appreciate that. Uh, Mike Duth lets me serve in an organization he works with, and John Nielsen has an excitement about ministry and travel that's uh, infectious, and I love seeing Jesus in John. When I go see sick people in the hospital, uh, inevitably I am ministered back to as well, and we, we point each other to Jesus in those situations. At congregational meetings, uh, when, when you all laugh at my goofy antics, you encourage me. And I, I appreciate that. And some people are saying, don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. But, but you do encourage me. And another thing that really encourages me is, is when we're milling about as a body having donuts and you walk across the room to meet somebody new and make them feel welcome. That grows an affection in my heart for Jesus Christ, knowing that he's our Lord and he's taking care of his body through you. So you are all making me into a disciple, and I appreciate that. So the second exercise I want to do is in your note sheet, there's a list. There's 10 spots there uh, where you can fill in some names of people that have helped you to be a better follower of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to take just 60 seconds right now and give you some opportunity to, to fill in those names. Write small if you need to. Keep adding it through, throughout the week if you need to. Uh, um, but who is making you into a disciple of Jesus?
hope many of you are uh, still writing and, and will still keep brainstorming this. These people on your sheet here, they are fulfilling the biblical command of making a disciple. And that disciple is you. They're fulfilling the Great Commission. And when you point people to Jesus, you're doing the same thing. In your note sheet, the the last uh, three quarters is always life application questions, which is something you can take home and work through uh, by yourself or with someone else throughout the week. Uh, I'd encourage you to look through that. As I was writing mine uh, this week, I was actually pretty pumped up uh, in there. I think it's actually a better sermon than than what you just got from me here. Um, uh, But in there... Uh, it's about it's in the book of John and and what it means to be a disciple and make a disciple kind of through taking some other passages of what following looks like in the book of John. And I hope you get a chance to do that with someone else too, because uh, there's some good provocative questions in there that you might need to uh, wrestle with with someone else. And so just to to, to sum up what I've said this morning um, about discipleship, uh, one disciples are simply men and women and children who are following Jesus. That's all it means to be a disciple. And two, we are initially just responsible to be a disciple. And, and that starts out, if just, out of just being curious to working to a way where you're making Jesus number one in your life and not letting anything else uh, get in the way of that. A third thing is we, we've also been given the commission to make disciples. Not people who follow us, but people who are following Jesus. And then lastly, making disciples is simply pointing people to Jesus and walking alongside them in the process. That can be done formally, uh, and that can be done more organically. Uh, But it should be done intentionally. And so really all you need to do is look at your life. Where has God placed you? Who's God placed you with? And how can you point those people to Jesus? And when you're doing that, you're on mission with him. And that's a good place to be. Let me pray. Father, we love you. And uh, uh, we thank you for uh, giving us your son. And we thank you that he's someone we can follow. Uh, Father, I I confess that there's times where I try and lead and tell you what to do. And I don't want to be that way. So help me this week uh, just to follow you uh, better, to know you more and to um, give you the glory that you deserve and to see the other people that you've put in my life that I can help make into a disciple as well. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.